Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Faces of TBI podcast series, the number one podcast for brain injury and concussion resources. I am Amy Zalmer, founder of FacesofTBI.com and your host. Today, I will be chatting with Dr. Mohammed Elamir sorry, about treating TBI and concussion by healing the brain. This episode is brought to you by Integrated Brain Centers. Located in Denver, Colorado, Dr. Shane Stedman and Perry Maynard are experts in functional neurology and treat complex concussion cases from around the country. With over 20 years of combined experience, they're leaders in helping patients who are suffering from post-concussion symptoms, including dizziness, vertigo, headaches, dysautonomia, and more. For your free consultation, you can find them online at integratedbraincenters.com. Hello, I am Amy Zalmer, and you're listening to Faces of TBI, a podcast series for survivors by survivors raising awareness about traumatic brain injury, one podcast at a time. Those of you who might not be familiar with who I am, I am a TBI survivor from a fall on the ice in February of 2014. I'm a frequent contributor to the Huffington Post, Thrive Global, and the Goodman Project, and have published four books on the topic of brain injury and concussion. All of them are available on Amazon. Additionally, I'm editor-in-chief of The Brain Health Magazine, and you can get your free digital subscription at thebrainhealthmagazine.com. You can also learn more about me and the podcast at facesoftbi.com, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zellmer. Also, don't forget to join my private Facebook group, Amy's TBI Tribe, to connect with other survivors, caregivers, and loved ones. And also just a quick mention that we have our Concussion Discussions Online Summit coming up the week of September 19th, so be sure to go to concussiondiscussions.com to register for this free event. Today my guest is Dr. Elamir. He is an Aviv Clinic physician with over 10 years' experience in internal medicine. Prior to joining Aviv, He spent five years practicing internal medicine at the MM Jersey City Breathing Center while owning and running his own medical spa in Jersey City. He graduated from Rutgers University prior to attending St. Matthews University School of Medicine. He completed his internal medicine internship and residency at RWJ Barnabas Jersey City Medical Center Program, where he was chief resident and a member of the ethics committee. He is a Fellow of the American Board of Internal Medicine and the American Board of Aesthetic Medicine. So let's see here. I have two numbers that have called in. So let's try this one first. Hello, Hello are Amy, you there? Yes, it's a pleasure to speak oh, with great. you today. Did I get your name correct? That's correct, uh, Dr. Mohammed Elamir. And if you want to make it easy oh, for good. your listeners, Dr. Dr. Mo is what everybody calls me in the clinic. All right, excellent. I, I slaughtered it in my very first one you weren't on yet. <laughs> and I, I'm uh, like, no wait worries. a minute. <laughs> it's like, you know, sometimes I stress too much about getting the name right, and then I just, you know, totally mess it up. So, Dr. Mo, uh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you for being here. Of course. Thank you for having me. 
So today we're talking all about treating TBI and concussion by healing the brain. Um, so Dr. Mo, maybe let's start with how did you come to work with brain injury people? Like kind of what led you here? Yeah, that's a great question, Amy. Um, you know, it's a kind of by accident, so to speak, because uh, when I was still practicing in Jersey City, um, I had a full practice, you know, I had up to three offices and also rounded in the the local hospitals on my own patients. Um, loved what I did, but, you know, was seeing a lot of, you know, patients up to a f- 50 a day, actually. Um, wow. And as a result, um, I always had my ear out for new opportunities, something, you know, a little bit different because I wanted to do more than just, you know, spend 15 minutes in an office visit and then kind of treat a symptom without really addressing the cause. Yeah. Um, but what really opened my eyes to new technologies was actually my late father. So my late father was a neurologist. So at a very early age, I was always involved with the brain and, um, you know, used to intern at his office in middle school, high school, and college, and he had a few MRI facilities. So I was really looking at the brain, literally. And, uh, my father actually had the privilege and opportunity to treat uh, Muhammad Ali, the late boxer. Mm. And one of my earliest memories was when I was five years old um, and Muhammad Ali first came to my dad's office and it was a whole big to-do. And uh, I remember meeting him and, you know, talking to my dad, you know, months, years, and even decades after about, you know, what was it like treating him and what did we look for? So, you know, I, I learned very early how traumatic brain injury can change the physiology of the brain uh, yeah. through his experience. Um, and then fast forward to uh, after my father retired, unfortunately, he suffered a small stroke, and that stroke affected his speech. So that led me to researching new ways to heal my dad's brain after his injury. You know, in his case, it was a stroke. And my research came to finding uh, some papers that came out of Israel uh, from Dr. Shai Efrati, and he used hyperbaric oxygen in a very specific protocol to heal and change the physiology within the brain. So that was my first kind of uh, you know, eye-opening experience to seeing, okay, what is out there now that can actually help? And then here comes the lucky part. You know, Because I was keeping my eye open, I had recruiters emailing me and calling me all the time about different jobs here and there. Nothing ever sparked my interest because it was pretty much the same job somewhere else. Um, but one day I got an email about the Aviv Clinics in Central Florida using hyperbaric oxygen for brain health. And I called them and I said, is this the same protocol that they're using in Israel? And they said, no, actually, Dr. Shai Afradi owns the company, and he interviews all the physicians applying for the job. So I said, great, I'm applying for the job. I just wanted to mm-hmm. talk to him about the protocol and seeing if he can help my dad. But once I spoke with him, um, we spoke for hours and told me everything about the research, about how they look at the brain, how the clinic itself looks at the causes um, of brain injury, and that's how you really can properly treat it. And uh, mm. once I, you know, spoke with him and, and saw the clinic and saw what was possible, that was easy enough to leave New Jersey, leave uh, my practice, and, and join the team here. Mm. And you know, the whole you made the comment of of you know looking at the cause of the symptoms, and I think unfortunately in our traditional healthcare system that is often overlooked, um, and it's such a critical part right like um i feel like many of us are written off as mental health cases um and the mental health is more the result of the brain injury it's not the root cause right and i feel like doctors just aren't looking for that root cause and 
you know, I get it that in a 15-minute doctor appointment, 20-minute, whatever it might be, um, you can't get to the root cause of it. So I'm I'm so happy when I find clinics um, that that understand and get it and and are really looking to help people. Absolutely, Amy, and and you're absolutely right. And it, unfortunately, that it's a lot of different conditions, um, like for example, PTSD or fibromyalgia. You know, often the psychiatrist is the first referral. Um, you know, even coming from a neurologist, you know, sometimes they they're overlooked because unfortunately the current technology or the old technology isn't able to see the changes in the mm-hmm. brain. And I think that's, you know, the, you know, when I was practicing, you felt limited with, if I can't see it and I have limited tools in my toolbox to, to yeah. fix something that I don't see, what can I do? Um, and, and you're right, the, the system isn't geared to address the cause. Our, most of our tools are addressing symptoms. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's what our clinic here, we, we, you know, everybody starts with a full assessment. You know, we now actually have the tools in somebody with traumatic brain injury or PTSD or even fibromyalgia to actually see the changes in the brain, in the brain physiology, in the connections, in the function of the tissue. So once you can actually address the cause, then you know how to fix it. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I think I spoke to a a neurosurgeon, and she was telling me, you know, and she even got to her neurosurgery rotation, she hadn't even learned more than a chapter on brain injury. And then in school, they only really learned how to stop the brain bleed, right? Like that's what a neurosurgeon's Mm -hmm. job is, is to stop a bleed or remove a tumor. But then they they got no further education on how to help the patient afterwards, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And she said that your traditional doctors, you're like your neurologist, they want to see the problem. And unfortunately, an MRI or a CT or an X-ray, they don't show anything unless there's a significant injury, um, right. which is not the case for the vast majority of us. Um, and so, you know, it's so frustrating. And, and to know that we now have these tools that can see the changes in the brain. So, Dr. Mo, maybe you want to talk a little bit about some of that technology. Yeah, and, and you're absolutely right. Um, you know, I'll go back to my father's example. You know, the, when my father first had a stroke, of course, you get a CAT scan and then you'll get an MRI. Um, but, you know, at the time, I wasn't readily aware of other scans that were actually available, like, for example, something called a SPECT scan, S-P-E-C-T. A SPECT scan is a metabolic CAT scan that sees the metabolic function of the brain cells. So that's one of the tools we use here because, you know, I can look at your brain functionally in addition to structurally, and often I look for something called mismatch. And that means, for example, let's say you've got a traumatic brain injury, and, yep, you don't have a bleed. I don't see any major scarring or anything like that. Um, but if I do that spec scan alongside of it, then I'll say, hey, look at this side of the brain. It is not functioning as well as the other side. And that's because of that trauma that you suffered. And we can see this, you know, days, weeks, months, even years after the event. Um, and that technology is, is there now. And that's something we use on all of our patients because it's so important to kind of address that mismatch because the last thing you want to be is dismissed and, you know, sent away when we can actually help. Yeah. Yeah, I know um, 
at one point in my journey, I had a functional MRI. Um, so during a traditional MRI, you're like doing um, memory problems and, and word games and, and other things while you're in there um, so that they can see the instant changes and in what your brain's doing. And I just remember thinking how cool that was. <laughs> and like, Absolutely. you know, like, why aren't more people doing this? Because, um, yeah. I mean, you know, the technology exists. And, you know, I know there's other things such as biofeedback and um, is it EEG machines? Um, yeah. The electrodes. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, there's so many things out there now um, that it's just I, – I, I think we're finally turning a corner. I mean, I've only been in this world eight years since I had my injury in 2014. Um, and just in those eight years, it has changed so much. So that gives me a lot of hope. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, You're so right, you know. Dr. Mo, let's talk a little bit about HBOT, um, hyperbaric oxygen therapy. Um, this is something I have heard from many survivors um, that this was a game changer for them. I personally have never had HBOT, um, but I know I'm, I'm close friends with several people who have had just amazing results from it. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that technology and how that is so helpful. Yeah, absolutely. HBOT has been around for hundreds of years, actually. Um, traditionally, uh, Jacques Cousteau and scuba diving accidents uh, and then it progressed to uh, kind of medical conditions like wounds that wouldn't heal. So I, I had plenty of diabetic patients who had foot mm -hmm. wounds that wouldn't heal properly, and I would send them to a hyperbaric clinic, and they would come back, you know, weeks or months later, and it significantly healed. Um, it basically involves breathing 100% oxygen in a pressurized environment. And if I can take us all back to our high school physics days, you know, a gas <laughs> under pressure can increase the concentration of that gas. So we can all breathe oxygen in the air in the room we're, you know, we're in, but if you breathe 100% oxygen in that pressurized chamber or suite, as we have them called here, you can increase the oxygen concentration 17 times higher in some cases. And that gets oxygen directly to the cells that need it. So if you have injury from, for example, the TBI, you have significant sheer force that destroys little blood vessels in the brain. You might not see it, obviously, with a bleed or anything, but that's lack of oxygen delivery to different parts of the brain, causing slow cell death over time, and as a result, decreased function. So the first principle that we use with hyperbarics is to increase the oxygen concentration. The second, um, and I believe the more important role of hyperbarics is how we specifically administer the hyperbaric protocol at our clinic here, the Aviv Clinics. In the last 15 years of research showed us, and actually in 2019, the Nobel Prize was awarded for a molecule that gets released in the body when the body thinks it's in a low oxygen state. So if you're in a low oxygen state, that's hypoxia, and that triggers a molecule called hypoxia-induced factor to get released into the body. And this factor is released because the body is going to have cell death in a low oxygen state. Mm, so this right. factor will promote new cell growth. It'll also promote new blood vessel growth to heal the brain or in the body in that hypoxic state. The problem is I can't put you in a low oxygen state or hypoxic state because then you're actually going to have cell death and I'll lose my license. <laughs> <laughs> but So it turns out that the body will release this molecule when it thinks it's in a low oxygen state. And the best way to trick the body to make it think it's in low oxygen 
is to get it in very high oxygen, 17 times higher. And we administer the protocol where you're breathing 100% oxygen in a pressurized chamber for 20 minutes, and then we just have you take the mask off for five minutes. Because in our multi-place chambers, the ambient air inside the chamber is 21% oxygen. So oh, wow. you have the mask on, 100% oxygen for 20 minutes, and you take the mask off for five minutes. So you go to normal oxygen, high oxygen, normal oxygen, back and forth. And what that does is it tricks the body, making it think it's in a low oxygen state every time you take the mask off, triggering that hypoxia-induced factor to get released. So now we can make new stem cells, and stem cells are blank cells that can become any cell we want them to be. So if we want to regenerate brain tissue or nerve cells, we can. If we want to build new blood vessels because we got blood vessels damaged from our TBI or stroke or whatever it is, even the aging process causes destruction of blood vessels. So we can grow new blood vessels. So not only can you heal the brain, but you can help prevent future decline because you're building these resources with this protocol. And that's what we do here um, in the in the Aviv clinics. It's something that is revolutionary, but it also is very specific. You have to be able to do this fluctuation protocol. And typically, it's it's you know, only reliably done in a large multi-chamber where the chamber is just pressurized and you're getting the oxygen with a mask. That's a differentiation I like to make because hyperbaric is a lot more commonly used and, and the common uses tend to be these monochambers or at-home tents. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, you can't, you can't get to that high oxygen level in those small tents and you might not be able to fluctuate the oxygen levels um, like you can in the multi-chambers. And that that brings me to my next point I wanted to talk about was I think when most people think about HBOT, they think of, like you just said, the soft-sided, almost like a tenty type thing. Um, and then there's also the hard-sided ones um, that are in some other clinics. Um, but again, they're like a tube. It's just a single person in there. Some people worry about having claustrophobia in those. Um, yours is very different, almost like a room with chairs and individuals, like more than one person is in there at a time, right? Um, with the oxygen mask on. That's exactly right. It, uh, some people describe it as, hey, it looks like I'm walking into a, a fancy private jet, or somebody even told me a fancy submarine. I've, I've never been in a submarine, but I took their word for it. <laughs> I've never been in one either. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but that's exactly right. I'm, I'm six foot three, and I have plenty of headroom when I stand in there, and um, the chairs are big, almost like a first-class cabin kind of chair, um, and you can have up to 14 people in each chamber, um, but we always like to spread people out, of course, uh, when we first started during COVID. Yeah, and I think that, you know, can take some of that anxiety away for people, that whole, like, claustrophobia factor. Um, Because, honestly, you're one of the very few, I think you might be the only clinic I know of that's doing it like that. I know of, like, an independent person that has a small room. Um, But you're really the only clinic I've heard of that's doing it this way. And so um, I think it's really unique. And like you said, that intentional hypoxia, um, which I never really heard it explained the way you just explained it. Um, I, I teach yoga and we do a lot of intentional hypoxia at the top of the breath. You hold, you hold it and then you exhale. Um, and so the way you just explained it, I'm like, oh, cool. I just learned something new today, too. So um, thank you for that. <laughs> no, of course. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's the body is an amazing thing and it has many capabilities. It's just a matter of figuring out how to 
use those factors and how to release them appropriately and, and efficiently. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like finding the right key for the lock, right? You have the big janitor's ring with 8,000 keys on it, and you have to find that one key to unlock um, the lock. And I feel like that's a bit what brain injury is like because, you know, no two brain injuries are the same. No two people are going to have the same recovery. No two people are going to react to treatments the same way. Um, are there any instances where someone might not be able to have HBOT? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, There are some contraindications. Um, The most common ones are if you had something called pneumothorax or a collapsing of your lung, being put in a high-pressure chamber can collapse the lung again, so that that might be a a contraindication there. Um, If you've had seizures or epilepsy within the last six months, too much oxygen can provoke that seizure to happen again. Um, So that's something we need you to be six months free of seizures and also controlled and cleared by your neurologist. Um, some simple things like pregnancy. Unfortunately, if you're pregnant, you can't go into the chamber. Um, and then if you have an active cancer, um, the last thing I want to do is grow new blood vessels into that active cancer. Um, mm-hmm. Now, HBOT has been thrown around out there as a potential common treatment for cancer treatment, but uh, that's not something we do here yet. Right. Yeah, I um, I met a lovely family um, mother and daughter, they had suffered carbon monoxide poisoning in their home um, and, like, barely made it out alive. Like, wow. it was a pretty remarkable story. And the hospital had no idea what to do with them. So they just put them both in an HBOT unit. And, um, you know, miraculously, they both survived and are still doing amazing. Um, you know, and I think that is one of the more I don't want to, I don't know if commonly known is the right word, but um, carbon monoxide, I know it's typically used with HBOT, right? To help, um, I guess, get the carbon monoxide out of the body, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. That's, um, you know, carbon monoxide has a strong affinity um, for your blood cells compared to regular oxygen. So putting somebody in hyperbaric oxygen will highly increase the oxygen levels and diffuse the oxygen to the tissue. So for sure, that is a common common indication for it. Mm. So Dr. Mo, is there <clears throat> anything else at your clinic? Are there other treatments and modalities that you guys do um, to complement HPOT? Yes. Um, and, and you brought up a very good point that, you know, no two brains respond the same. So with our uh, treatment in our clinic, you know, it starts with a full assessment um, because the only thing that's the same for anybody walking through the doors is the actual hyperbaric protocol is pretty straightforward, two hours a day, five days a week for up to 12 weeks, um, because that's just how long it takes the human body to make new stem cells and new connections. But Everything else that we do in the clinic is individualized based on that assessment. So in that assessment, it takes three days to do the scans of the brain, the cognitive testing, the medical exam, the blood work with the biomarkers. Um, We do a lot of genetic analysis and telomere measurement, as well as a nutrition evaluation and um, gait assessment, the physiology team. So by the end of it, I'll know, in addition to the two hours a day in the chamber, how many times you need to see the dietitian to work on your diet because that's important to make new cells as well. You yes. can work with the physical therapy team because often people with trauma to the brain will have gait issues, coordination, balance. So our whole physical performance team will work with them. Uh, and then, of course, you know, in addition to doing the physiologic change with the hyperbaric, we want to direct these changes to the right parts of the brain. 
So our clients will do cognitive exercises while they're in the chamber to gear and activate the specific parts of the brain that need the most help. So that way the person coming in with the most injury in a specific part of the brain will get the most benefit in that part of the brain, and they're going to review that with the neuropsychologist as they go along. So that this program really is individualized to their specific needs. You know, and I've heard that from several other doctors who provide HBOT, is that you can't just passively sit. Well, you can, um, but it's much more um, powerful to do cognitive exercises while you're in the HBOT. Like just passively sitting in there, sure, you're going to get some benefit, but doing um, brain-based exercises just is so much more powerful. Um, so do you want to even speak to that a little bit? You just kind of mentioned it, so I'd like to maybe yeah. go back to that. No, of course. And, and you know, in, in medicine and in life, we always want the best bang for our buck. So, you know, with our studies, our studies just did the hyperbaric. They just did the specific protocol that we talked about, um, and we did brain scans and cognitive testing before and after the treatment to prove that the hyperbaric can make a significant change in the brain. But in our clinic, of course, we want maximum results. So in addition to the protocol that we know works on its own, you'll do brain exercises on an electronic tablet inside the chamber. And, and I like to stress that because we're the only ones in the world that can do this because a, a dangerous spark with a high oxygen environment could be catastrophic. Um, so I, I urge and I also warn you know, clients, don't. there are many accidents with the hyperbaric out there, and those are people who are not equipped to do the things the right way. But mm-hmm. our electronic tablets are geared and, and formulated to be safe in the chamber, but they're there to be part of your training. So, for example, in that assessment, if I see the left frontal lobe having issues, my neuropsychologist will assign you brain exercises that will stimulate the left frontal lobe. So as you're making new stem cells and new blood vessel growth, you're stimulating the left frontal lobe so the growth will go there proportionally more than anywhere else. So when I do the repeat assessment at the end of your treatment, that left frontal lobe will highlight significant improvement. Um, And every single person sitting in the same dive will have different exercises sitting next to each other because they're all working on specific parts Mm -hmm. of the brain that may need to improve. Mm. Yeah, and I love, you know, talking about just the data, right? Like you do this testing at the beginning and then you do testing at the end and you have these numbers, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Like this data that tells you like, look, look at these improvements you made. And um, I mean, I just think that that's, awesome when any doctor can show you that kind of data because um, we don't see that again you know in our traditional healthcare system yeah you're right my, my favorite you know i love every day here but my favorite appointment is that final summary meeting and I in bet. that meeting i will review the scans show the brains before and after correlate the anatomical part that correlates with the actual cognitive test that improved and often i will you know get to know the patient and you know on a personal level because they're here for 12 weeks and I often connect their day-to-day things that they notice, like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm sharper on the golf course, or, you know, my spouse says I'm, I'm remembering things a little bit more, uh, or I'm not as moody. And I connect that with the parts of the objective testing that I have. And so you just mentioned 12 weeks. So how does your program work? Does a person, like, come stay there for 12 weeks, or they come, like, in week in increments at 12 different times. How do you guys structure a treatment plan? Yeah, so it all starts with the complementary physician consults. So 
anybody that wants to speak with me or one of the physicians just to see if they're a good potential candidate. It's a free consultation where we'll talk about your story, your journey, your medical history. We'll make sure you don't have any contraindications right off the bat. And if we think you would be a good fit, then you progress to our three-day assessment phase. In that three-day assessment, um, most people will just stay in the hotel that's connected to the, uh, the medical complex that we have. And they'll do the three days of testing, and a week later, um, whether it's in person or via Zoom, we'll review all the results. And if we identify specific parts of the brain or body that can be helped with our treatment, we progress you into the 12-week treatment. That's where people will often rent a home or rent a place, Airbnb or something, in the area. And that's because the program and the protocol needs to be consecutive. So it has to be two hours a day, five days a week, Monday through Friday, for 12 consecutive weeks. Um, it's really important to do it that way because that that consecutive treatment will you know, continuously, proportionally build your stem cell levels and, and kind of get the improvements you're looking for. Um, I, also, I often have people miss a day here and a day there. That's not a problem. We can actually add those on the back end. But if somebody has like a huge two- or three-week vacation planned, I say enjoy your vacation and let me see you afterwards or save yeah. the vacation for after the treatment. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think that's a link that's often missed is just the um, – I'm not coming up with my word um, – the consistency and the yeah. frequency of things. And I know, you know, I've worked a lot in the functional neurology realm and it's the same thing. You go in for a week long intensive, you're doing things three to five times a day for a full week. Um, where, you know, if you're just going once a week, every couple weeks, you know, you're not going to get the same recovery. Like you need to have that repetition and you need to have it more consistently. I mean, heck, even in my yoga classes, I tell people you need to be consistently coming to class. You just can't you know, come once here and there, you're not going to see results. Um, so, you know, I know it might seem overwhelming to someone listening, like, oh, my gosh, I have to go for 12 weeks. Um, but, you know, depending where you're at in your recovery, it's just, it, it's really, um, you're just, it, you're doing it for your, your health. You know, if you truly want to get better, you have to make that commitment. Um, so just anyone listening, just know, like, okay, yeah, it's a commitment, but it might be what needs to be done. And like you said, you do your three-day assessment, and so you're going to have a really good idea going into it, um, you know, if this is the right fit for you. Because I'm, I'm sure there's some people that it's not a good fit. You're absolutely right. You know, it's um, the commitment is there. I, I tell people you have to treat this as a medical retreat for yourself or, you know, Life is important, but your, mm, your health I like that word. dictates your life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, and and you're right. There are times during the initial consult where I'll tell somebody, you know, you might not be the right fit, or during the assessment, we'll find, hey, you know, I only want to treat people where I know they'll get the right results, and um, you know, if I see, for example, I'll have a stroke patient come in and they'll they're completely paretic. You know, I can't bring dead cells back to life. I can only help mm. the injured cells recover. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if their goals are, hey, I want to run the New York City Marathon, you know, after my stroke, I'll say, you know, that's not something I can do. But if you want to be able to stand up and walk and pivot in the kitchen, that's something I think I can progress you through. Yeah. Um, so those expectations have to be realistic, of course. Yes. Yes. Well, Dr. Mo, this has been such a wonderful conversation. Um, anyone listening that would like to get in touch with you, um, we have a clickable link in the show notes as always, but it is aviv-clinics.com. 
and uh, how can they go about scheduling a consultation? Yeah, so if you go to aviv-clinics.com, um, you can just click on the Contact Us and um, just to mention that you wanted to have that consult, and one of our client ambassadors will set up either a call, Zoom, or in person if you're local, um, and I'd love to have that conversation with you. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being here today, Dr. Mo. This has been a wonderful conversation. I appreciate you taking the time to be here today. Uh, thank you, Amy. We appreciate the opportunity to speak to your listeners, and uh, we really appreciate you and your journey and, and helping others. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Again, another big thank you to our sponsor, Integrated Brain Centers. Find them online at integratedbraincenters.com. And just a reminder, you can find previous episodes on most streaming platforms, such as iTunes, or directly at facesoftbi.com. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zalmer. And another reminder to join Amy's TBI Tribe on Facebook. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider supporting it for just $5 a month with a Patreon membership at patreon.com slash Amy Zalmer. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of my journey. Have a great day, everyone, and I'll see you in the next episode. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.